Uh, is my background noise bad? I can't hear oh, anything. No, you're all right. Okay. All I can hear is your rather obnoxious voice. You are listening to Party at the All Points, a journey through the competitive realms of Age of Sigmar. And now your hosts, Dayton O'Brien, Jeffrey Bodine, and Pearl. Welcome, everybody, to Party at the All Points. I am one of your hosts, Dayton Obrey, and with me tonight, I got... It's me, Jeff Bodine. <laughs> and uh, it's me, Price Vandenberg, broadcasting from the swamp that is Memphis, Tennessee. This is episode eight. We have a special guest with us. We're going to be discussing some endless spells, and with us is the man that Joe Pagano wants to mash on so hard, Joe Cryer. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> uh the reason we want to bring joe in on this episode uh other than the fact that he's mentioned numerous times throughout the episodes because it's joe is we're going to be discussing endless spells and i believe joe has some knowledge in endless spells joe how many endless spells did you have at lvo uh that's a good question i might have to look that up oh jesus Ben <laughs> <laughs> has nasty habit of not telling anybody what we're doing so then they get on here and they're like what do you mean questions i had no idea <laughs> he, he told me part of it he's like yeah we'll figure it out come come that time I'll like, oh, okay i'll, I'll lead you through this i think it was 11 i it, it may have been less though i think my original change host list was 11 and my last list that i used with zinch not change host was like eight or nine i think it was nine maybe i don't but, remember end of the day you're still running like six or seven more endless spells than everyone else than a lot of people yeah for sure <laughs> so he would be a good uh host to have in on this and give us uh sway on a lot of these endless spells because i'm sure he knows them all inside and out for the but, last part <clears throat> the new bound ones are weird but besides that yeah we're not going to go through each spell and then say what ones are bound <laughs> <laughs> i played against the bound ones not too long ago it's uh it's pretty nasty uh, but let's get in some a little bit of a hobby talk to start things off again. Uh, Jeff, what are you working on in your car? Um, I'm working on, on staying cool in my car. Um, and as far as in my game world, uh, I got a couple of reps in against the new Seraphon. And um, the player was a, a person who has... Um, I think had a lot of reps on TTS and not a lot of reps in real life. Um, and the first game, uh, he had a deployment error that I exploited immediately and I crushed him top of one. That was it. The game's <laughs> over. And then, huh? Well, I had one turn. I have a one drop, I have one drop change host. So, uh, he made a deployment error and I immediately capitalized on it. And that was it. Show's over. Um, and yeah, then, yeah, we re-racked, and this time I, I coached him up a little bit and made it a little more interesting. And um, and I can report that uh, salamanders are um, extremely potent, even in relatively novice hands. 
They just kind of – they play themselves. Like in Flagration Host. Makes sense. <laughs> um, I mean, that one at least has a little bit of, you know, nuance to it. Like you have – I mean, the, the Flamers are obviously amazing and ridiculously powerful. But, uh, you know, it's uh, – I could see it going very poorly if you don't position well. Um, that one is, is specifically my build is one that that you need to kind of be pretty well deployed in order to take advantage of everything and not like lose the unit immediately. Oh, um, so, but yeah, so uh, we found out just how potent salamanders can be. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so. Had a couple of reps against uh, Seraphon. I have another one tomorrow, in fact. So that'll be interesting. Same opponent? Uh, no, different person. Our local so, meta is replete with Seraphon currently. Uh, yeah, it's all Seraphon. All Seraphon. <laughs> so, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. It'll be interesting. Uh, that's that's really all I've gotten up to was a couple of games. Um and, you know, it was interesting. It was interesting to see what I can do and what they can do. Sweet. Bryce, what you got? Uh, yeah, so I built a uh, Dreadlord on Black Dragon, uh, which was a really fun kit to put together. Uh, and then I recently also played a game against Seraphon. Um, I was a little rusty. I haven't played in a bit. Uh, and Thompson played a very good game. He positioned himself well. So uh, I took the loss on that one. It was a lot of fun just to get out and play a game again. Because uh, it's been quite a while since I've been able to push models around. Uh, and then other than that, I have been working on uh, some narrative rules for our shop once things kind of get back open and rolling uh, to give my guys an opportunity to do something that's a little bit off the kind of tournament path just so we can make sure we've got a good mix of hobby going on at the shop. Sweet. How did that uh, kit go together? That's an older kit, right? It, it's uh, it was like I think an end times kit or maybe right before end times kit. So it's Which not one? too uh, the black lord the dreadlord on black dragon. Oh um, yeah, it was pre end times, but yeah. Yeah, it was, it was like it was with the dark elf release that came out before end times in eighth edition. Uh, but it's a fun kit to put together, all things considered. Like I had a, a lot of fun uh, piecing it together. It goes together well. Uh, I have not glued the rider and saddle on yet for paint purposes. Because if you did, you just there's certain parts of it you couldn't get to. Uh, but other than that, it was a you know fun kit to put together. Um, there's a lot of bits in it because it also builds the sorceress on Black Dragon, so you're gonna get a bunch of leftovers no matter what you do, which is fun to add to your bits box. So um, yeah, that's my that's the scope of my hobby recently. Uh, and then hopefully I'll be getting in another game sometime in the near future. It just kind of depends on my schedule and what gets going on at the shop. So that moving. Yeah. Moving still taking up a lot of my time. Yeah. What about yourself, Joe? Uh, so, um, being a Zinch player, I'm working on more brimstones and blues. I am working on uh, the uh, skyfire fish, like the fish from the swirls that come with skyfires. I'm making little chariots out of those. Which all look been... awesome. You show me pictures. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the uh, I've been making centigores, like scratch built centigores, and the giant chaos dragon from the Star Drake kit. Yeah, you sent me a lot of stuff through Messenger, and you always seem like you've got something new going on. Yeah, besides the like three week intervals of isolation depression, I usually am trying to put something new together. <laughs> or when you run out of Oreos. Yeah, one of the one of the two. 
couple addictions listed there. Last few words here. Yeah. I got a lot of customization going on. Your green work's pretty awesome. So as up, man. Be look, looking forward to seeing all those things in the future. Uh, as myself. The world comes I, back. Yeah, if it comes back. We haven't figured that out yet. Uh, I picked up my daughter's of Cane Army, and then I ordered some more Blood Sisters, and I picked up some Shadow Warriors to add in on the army as well. Still trying to figure out where I'm going to take the direction on that, but uh, everything's just, I got all the boxes, everything's in box. It's nice, it's brand new. And I've been working pretty hard on my display board. I almost got that thing done. Uh, I got to get one of my friends to make a plaque for it. I got the framing all done on it. I got to paint it all up, but uh, she's pretty much done. And uh, my army does fit on it, so that's good. <laughs> I did not oh, actually measure that. Oh, it's a plus when your display board fits the army that it's going to display. Yeah, there wasn't. A, there's not a whole lot of stuff in the way, so I knew it would. But you, you still got to test it out. Uh, now that I have added a bunch of cobwebs to the ruins, though, I have to go into the models in my army that have ruins on them and get the spider webs yeah. on those as well. <laughs> but uh, that's fine. Well, it that nice perfectionist. Though. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, if the models are actually walking past the ruins, there wouldn't really be any cobwebs, cobwebs left, wouldn't there? Yeah, we'll see. I'll put a little bit on the on the <laughs> bottom. Maybe they're magical cobwebs, huh? What yeah. Fine. Okay. Other than that, I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks for Age of Sigmar. I just finished the uh, Soul Wars book, which was actually really good. Makes did they go wanna... through the malign importance stuff? I think they do, don't they? In Soul Wars, like no, the, uh, like, like all the short stories. I haven't done that. Well, I've done the, I've done one version of the short stories. I haven't gotten into the other one yet. There's two that do a bunch of short stories, but the Soul Wars one is Nagash releasing the, uh, the Necroquake and how the Zeech screwed him out of that one again and and messed it up. Yeah. Popping up in the, uh, in the Black Pyramid. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of funny because they reference like, in a he has memories of a past time of Skaven doing this exact same thing to him because they, (laughs) Well, they they had a so they stabbed him or something, didn't they? Like when he was uh, they spell? they were part of the reason why the end time succeeded. Yeah, so they also they, they sabotaged some of his other stuff down there. Yeah, and way back when they uh, they forged a bo- blade of pure warp stone. Yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about. Some jack off that they had sitting in their prison, and they're like, "Hey, go kill that guy!" And uh, he strikes him uh, during the sort of pre-history of Warhammer fantasy battles as well. Uh, but yeah, Skaven have proved the eternal foil of Nagash and his plans. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. They're like nibbling on a corner of his pyramid, like breaking it apart, and he didn't notice them yep. until the last minute when the, gods, it, yeah, when the gods are starting to laugh at him, and he's wondering why, and then he finds out. But uh, uh, it makes me want to get into Nighthaunt again, because I, I do have a full Nighthaunt army. I the nope. coolest night haunt story, uh, if you haven't read it yet, is the night haunt functionality in Wrath of uh, or Wrath of the Ever Chosen. Uh, the lore in that, where they're paired up with the uh, Osiarch Bone Reapers for the invasion of the All Points, is absolutely fantastic. Oh, sweet! We love that All Points. There's a Sigmar lose again. <laughs> He's not involved in that one. He's not important enough. Uh, yeah. Sigmar doesn't lose, unfortunately. He's a minor they... controlling interest. So. But they I do face know. off him and Nagash. He, uh, well, he actually is, uh, if you look at order in the context of the realms, they are a relatively minor controlling interest. Like, the vast, yeah, vast majority yeah. of 
the realms are still held by chaos. Yeah, they only liberated. Yeah, two of it's because uh, our county ain't no bitch. <laughs> yeah, chaos he is did still. Did trick Sigmar into throwing his hammer into the? That was Sigmar Fate Weaver, a, not Archeon. That was Fate Weaver, not Archeon. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then Fate Weaver gave it back. Put your hammer in this bag, thanks, buddy. <laughs> yep. He just disguised the bag, and then he threw it in the hole, and then he literally was like, "Well, I don't have my ball, so I'm going home." <laughs> but it's kind of the uh, well, there's no spoilers, really per se, I guess. But Archon the Black, you get a lot more in-depth knowledge of what he's doing and his play and everything, too. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. But yeah, like I said, the Nighthawk, it fleshes him out really well. Uh, pun intended. Uh, Nighthawk got flesh? I don't know, buddy. By uh, what happens with the souls when they get taken off of, when they can't be reforged. And Nagash kind of steals them and turns them into heroes of his own. So that was uh, really cool. Uh, other than that, I guess I'm still working on a couple little flesh eater court stuff going on. But my wife needs me to build a fence. So that's also a lot of my hobby time going into that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I believe that's all that's going on for the hobbies. Uh, I don't have any tournaments planned, unfortunately. Uh, still just uh, playing Warcraft with my wife. Oh. Well, yeah, the world's ending in America and we're all watching or participating. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you guys uh, joining the protest. So it only started where I live. No big deal. <laughs> Awful. But uh, to keep things positive, because this is all about hobby talk and Warhammer, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll move things on. I, I actually, you know what? Let's just take a little break right now. Let's give a little advert, and we'll return. Hi, this is Robin from Blow Ranking Family in Prince George, BC. You're listening to Party at the All Points. Enjoy responsibly. breaks do you just like pee in the back of your your car or do you have like a pee bottle? no we talked about this he's got coke bottles uh. you know actually one time i got stuck in traffic downtown and like cops would not let anybody leave or move or anything so i actually did piss in a bottle and threw it out on the fucking street i did put a cap on it though because i'm a nice guy but appreciate that at least and that was an advertisement from, I don't know, someone, whoever I decided to put in there. Someone and, who's really important to us, okay? Oh, extremely. They're awesome. Thanks for the <laughs> shout out. And like I said before, if you want to give a shout out on the podcast, just send us an email and message and we will reply to you in like, what, 15 days? I think is the last <laughs> when I realized we had an inbox on our page. <laughs> that was bad. Dayton's he hasn't replied. how to do things. Hey, I've never done this stuff before. We have like a web page and like podcasts and stuff. It's 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 weird. It's a weird. We're a bunch of noobs. I had to join Twitter. Like that's a thing. Turns out it's pretty awesome. I don't know. I doubt my Facebook page has any like messages on it. But if if I do, I'm sorry, everyone. All right, we'll get into the main topic of the night, which will be the endless spells. Uh, We always mention them. I don't have a list that I've ever made that doesn't have one. 
I, uh, yeah, even this Daughters of Cain army I'm starting to look at will have an endless spell in it. I just can't see not bringing them in. But then again, I haven't played Seraphon, and I think Lumef are going to have a lot to say about that as well. Right, Price? Yep. Uh, definitely. Uh, that's the one thing that I don't know a ton about. Like, we've seen a little bit of previews, and they look pretty cool, but I don't know a lot about their endless spells. They look neat, so that's a big plus. The Honest Wargamer talked about some of them, and they all sound pretty damn good. Yeah, I'm gonna go back and watch that. Uh, that probably tomorrow, depending on what my day looks like. But um, make sure you guys tune in for last Sunday too, when I got onto the stream for playing some Vermitite too. Yep, some BT. Yeah, with Val and the Rhino and Rob. That's good times. Hobnobbing with all the big waves. Yeah, it was totally worth waking up at 4:30 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> on Father's Day. That's where I. That, I think that's when I went to bed. No, actually, it's six. <laughs> yeah, it's well, on Father's Day, you can do what you want, right? Correct. Kinda, except kids always yeah. dictate what you do. Yeah, so you really can't. But... You're, you're a different dad than my dad because we we didn't dictate what my dad did. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean... <laughs> you Fair guys enough. had a dad around. <laughs> that's Here. that's my life. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is a great endless spell show. Uh, we've yeah. been talking about yeah. Lore, yeah, the endless uh, spell childhood endless. drama. <laughs> the, end of, the end of the episode, we we tell Joe that I'm actually his dad. Nathan, the time traveler who got off the porch real early. All right, let's get on track so this doesn't turn into a Rage of Sigmar episode. Uh, and actually, <laughs> what is the hate on this guy? <laughs> um, Can't hate on him. So, uh, really quickly for an overview, if you don't play a lot of Age of Sigmar, you're new to the game, uh, it's something you're not really familiar with. Endless spells are spells that you pay points for instead of selecting for free. Uh, you can cast them across your army, so it's not just one caster who can cast them. They still follow all the normal rules. Uh, you can only attempt to cast them once per turn. But the big thing that makes them different is they have a physical manifestation on the table, and they stay there until they're dispelled via either your opponent or you can actually attempt to, to dispel your own endless spells. And there's a couple of other interactions, like uh, one of the or terrain is the predatory team. leaves the table. Yeah, or leaves the table. Um, and you've got uh, – how many – I think there's – what like 15 or so generics that everybody can take between uh uh malign sorceries and uh, forbidden power and then there's uh several armies have their own endless spells as well that have come out since then so yeah something like that yeah most of the new factions have come out with their own and they are typically i think they're just three yeah, it's, they stay yep. no faction i can think of got more or less but uh don't want to go on record for that because i'm could have missed something so and it's not to say that those endless spells can't go into your army you just need to ally in someone from that faction to be able to cast right uh probably something worth talking or a really quick note uh in case you're thinking about it endless spells don't take up ally points because they don't have a faction keyword the only requirement is that you have to have the keyword necessary to cast them so like uh for example the head knights of slanesh key uh endless spells require you to have the head knights keyword to cast them but you could take if you can take that as a legal ally you could take that with an endless spell and cast that in say uh i'm trying to think of something off the top of my head that has slanesh as an ally nurgle there we go yeah nurgle list uh so that's a cool thing that you can do to get access to some endless spells and some things that you might not otherwise have a chance to play with but only that wizard can cast that spell right definitely 
And another mechanic they add into as well is if uh, a little bit of decision making and whether or not you want to take a first turn or a second turn, where if you're playing against someone, say like Joe, you may want to take second turn because <laughs> whoever takes second turn gets to dictate the movement of one predatory spell. The first it goes, spell. yeah, it goes back and forth. It alternates, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's a little bit of overview into the endless spells, and then also they can be dispelled. Right, uh, dispelled at the start of the hero phase. You can attempt to dispel one. Is it one endless spell period, or can you attempt to dispel each endless spell on the table once? depending on the number of, obviously, casts that you have to do so. It's once per hero, as far as I recall, if I yeah. recall correctly. I think that's right. Um, yeah, so that's the general gist of them. Uh, I figured Joe has, out of the group of us, the most experience playing endless spells in one of the most interesting ways, in my opinion, which is not just for the spell effects, uh, and Joe can jump in and correct me if I'm wrong here, but he uses them very effectively as board control as well. Um, and I think that's something that's really worth talking about. So, Joe, if you want to dive into kind of the nuances of that. Um, yeah, so uh, for the majority of the last rendition, and even the current one, Sam's the Eternal Conflagration, um, the Zinchless, there's been a lot of armies built around spell casting where the, since they are models on the table, they cannot be stepped over, stepped on, walked across, similar to regular models, say, like your your elves or whatever, like the actual piece on the table, they are an entity. You cannot step on them, can't walk over them, whichever. Uh, so some of these have huge footprints, like the just like monster oval bases, the 120 by 90, or however large those ovals are. Um, some of them have multiple of those at the same time. So really, once you get two to four to six, eight, however many on the table, all of a sudden parts of the board start to shut down. And if your opponent can't fly over them, they have to walk around the terrain, or if the terrain's impassable, or you have a wall of endless spells and they can't fly, they're just going to be sitting on the other side staring at you while the spells do what the spells do. Um, there's actually more players that have used them like that more than I have, um, unless you're talking about things like uh, these Solstnar Shackles have been a really good option to lock down things like Gotrek, where you can free point contact Gotrek to the point where since uh, the base is around obviously it'll actually cut off Gotrek from walking outside of them since his movement being cut in half he will also be not able to move so he can't fly can't make him fly so he just gets to bump into those three on the spells guarding that six inch circle on the table forever until you dispel shackles so if, he, so if your wizards die or you don't have wizards in your army, but you take Gotrek, and all of a sudden he's stuck there. It's pretty good use of that spell, if you, like if, uh, if you ask me. But I think uh, also... a lot of people were using the soul shackles too. And I last uh, general's handbook, it was increased in points yep. because of that reason. I yep. used it lots. It was great. I played against fire slayers, and it's just hilarious to watch them. Yeah, just go down two inch move people. It was pretty pretty good because they were thirty points when they were first released. Yep, I believe. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of spells. A lot of them have gone up. I, uh, there are very few of them that I think have stayed the same. Um, a level at Maelstrom is maybe one that hasn't changed a lot. But I think a lot Grace of the swords yep. stayed the same. Um, no, I think swords still went up ten. Yeah, points. I think they went up ten points as well. Some Couple of them did down. go down though. Grave tide. By... Purple sun. Grave tide. Purple sun. Yeah, purple sun. Went purple down. sun got cut in half. The yep. uh, the the wildfire wildfire Taurus went down twenty points. 
Yep. Um, two spells that should never have gone down. If you, <laughs> if you ask me, but you know, whatever. Purple Sun may be down to 80, 90 points, but like half cost. Purple Sun at 50 sure. points is pretty amazing. Uh, just just pretty the fact that Ronco Rotisserie set that thing and forget it. You're doing pretty good if you get it off. Uh, you can also glue, glue, glue googly eyes on it and have the best model of all time. So, uh, <laughs> Unless you're playing Tyranids and have 100% googly eyed Tyranids, then they well, might have I've actually faced an army like that. <laughs> but, actually, Jeff, uh, we're not talking 40k. Jeff, focus. <laughs> Whatever. Um, oh, ninth edition. <laughs> uh, I didn't come on here podcast 40k god damn it uh <laughs> podcast some a couple things too to note there are a couple of endless spell equivalents for certain armies um primarily blades of corn and fire slayers both have invocations or prayers that work basically the same as endless spells only they're not dispellable uh, but they still have physical models that take up space on the table um and then some other interesting army-specific ones are Osiarch Bone Reapers have their endless spells, which kind of work like the Seraphon Bound endless spells, where basically the Osiarch Bone Reaper is the only player who can move them or take advantage of them. And then Seraphon is a book just came out, and they got a whole new set of rules where basically, so where Dayton was talking about how you normally alternate moving the spells back and forth, and Seraphon, if it's bound, they're the only ones who can move it. So they pay 10 more points for it, but basically they get full control over it. And uh, having played against bound Geminids, it's actually pretty nasty to know that you're never going to – Geminids are only going to hurt you. Like, unless you can really get in a position to put your opponent, like, making bad – like, really bad movements, basically you're just going to get Geminids pushed through your units on a pretty regular basis. Although it is, it, it, is, it is something to say with those bound spells that some of the bound spells are actually worse than the unbound counterparts. Yeah. Uh, namely, the bound cogs uh, can only be moved by the caster, and it can only be changed right when it drops. Right. Um, or no, or no. It's actually at the end of the hero phase. So any pre, any of the hero phase movements that you have, you can never use cogs with, and then only that caster can do it, and it's only for one round, which is just wild to me. And you pay ten more points for that. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, never normally use that one, I suppose. Basically, get all the bonuses <laughs> out of it anyway. Yep. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Geminids, because that is probably, off the top of my head, one of the most popular spells to put in an army. Uh, so you get two models for the Geminids, and basically, once you set them up, they start moving around. And as mentioned before by Joe, the board control that you get with Endless Spells is pretty awesome. And you can't shut them down, because the ones that, the predatory spells, I believe they all fly. I don't think I can think of any that don't fly. Yeah, they all fly that I can tell. Yep. So you yep. can't block them. And then the uh, the Geminids, once they're summoned, they move around, but they have to stay close to each other within six inches of each other. Um, and then you get to pick when they go across. So you can do D, they do each do D3 mortal wounds. And then either they minus your attack characteristic of the unit or yep. they put minus one to hit. Right. Yep. And you only have to make the choice if they both go over the same unit. Yep. Yeah, you, you do have to keep keep track of which one's light, which one's dark, because the light does one and the dark does the other. Once they, um, when they so, set up, you have to make them, you definitely have to make one one and one the other. Yep. So don't yeah. paint them the same. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a headache for everyone. But that's the minus one to hit and the minus one attack characteristic 
plus the D3 mortal wounds has, I yeah, you see Geminids a lot. I try to put them in as much as I can, but. Yeah, Geminids probably. are very, very solid. Uh, what else is, uh, my personal favorite, not necessarily from an offensive standpoint, but just because I really enjoy using it. And it does, I'll be honest with you, a lot of times you're going to necessitate building lists around it, but I love using the uh, Soul Scream Bridge from Forbidden yeah. Tower. Yeah, it's because you're a cities guy. <laughs> Even without cities, I think there are other lists that, that can play around a lot. The cities takes really good advantage of it. Skaven, Ozarks yeah. are all um, Zinch. Even the Legion yeah. of Cast Ascendant can all utilize Slaves of Darkness yeah. while you utilize Bridge yeah. pretty well. And what you do with Bridge is there's two pieces of the bridge. You set them up uh, wholly within 12 inches of one another, and then basically your unit gets to tell not just one unit, as many models as you have wholly within, I believe, six inches, but it might be 12. It's six. Uh, six can move effectively move across the bridge so they'll move from one end of the bridge to wholly within six inches of the other piece of the bridge and so the teleport functionality there is really great for just moving any type of nasty unit across Cross the building. table getting in range and uh, it's army and, wide so you can do all of the supporting heroes you can do the whole 30 block of whatever you can yep. do and you if know. you have a unit that gets a bonus for not moving uh so i play cities where i like for example iron drakes get to shoot twice if they didn't move if you use the bridge you don't count as having moved it's basically being set up again and so if you have bonuses for being stationary you still get them yeah that's that's pretty deadly <laughs> i haven't actually faced it i mean to be fair i haven't played a whole lot of games of age of sigmar so my opinion means nothing there's uh, plenty of them if you're out there uh, interested in some fantastic pictures of people who've made deployment plates for uh, Soul Screen Bridge, where they've mapped out their six-inch circle so they can just guarantee what's going in where, which is pretty great, uh, fairly enjoyable. And then, see, so. Yeah, the similar spell would be the uh, Mr. Scoot Scoot is yep. his uh, proper name, but <laughs> otherwise you can call him, you can find him by the name Luchon the Soul Seeker. Uh, he... Uh, does a very similar thing, but he only moves one unit. Uh, he used to be able to move afterwards, which was nice, but he has less points. He does kill one model out of the, out of the unit, though, unfortunately. So you um, want to use Gortrek. That's how you get Gortrek across the board. He actually is... Gortrek, unfortunately, not able to be removed from the uh, table and put back down, so he is... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Gortrek's so. rules are probably the most ironclad <laughs> set of rules Games Workshop's ever written in that context, because you, you cannot pick that model up and reset it up at any given point. The only way you're moving that model ever is to move him via normal movement rules. Yeah. All right, Jeff. What do you got? What's your What's your endless spell that you need at all times? Um, I I am a little bit different when it comes to endless spells. You, you guys are all like big time believers in their universal usefulness. I guess you're different um, in a lot of ways, Jeff. But yes, continue. That is true. <laughs> I mean, I I've certainly used them. Um, the one that I was using most recently was the uh, the Zinch one that has the random effects. Um, the sigil? Yes, and uh, I was using it, but I ended up um, making a change to the list, and it got cut. The, I, I guess the way I view the, the endless spells is I just they're kind of like something that goes in uh, that if I have points left over, that I might try to use them in that capacity. Um, usually I don't design my list around their use because there are so many fail points. Uh, I mean, they're undeniably powerful, but um, you know, if it's possible for me to roll a double one 
and threw up my entire chance of winning the game because I relied on the bridge or whatever, then that's what will happen every time I try to do it. So I don't like resting my laurels on a single thing like that. Um, the endless spells that I've used most frequently are that Zinch spell. The I called it the surfboard for the Stormcast guys. Yeah, yeah, that's really great for a night encanter. Um, I really like that spell. It was really good. I used the Comet for a while. Um, it was fun, but it was, you know, it became pretty easy to avoid, and then it went up in cost, I believe, and kind of fell yeah, out of the list. It's 100 points. Yeah, that's that's just too expensive for my <laughs> um, And then um, I also like the Prismatic Palisades. Like, I, I, def I tend to prefer spells that are used in a more controlled capacity or things that are not on the list of things that can be manipulated by my opponent um, or, or things that are used in a more of a buffing or defensive capacity. That's just, that's the kind of spells that I prefer in general. Like all my wizards, if I, I would, I would usually select buff spells before I would take offense spells. Um, that's just kind of a game philosophy for me. And it translates to, endless spells uh but yeah so i mean like they definitely have their use but and in my opinion the move blocking is way more impactful than any damage you'll ever do ever uh so Sands the dark know, fire demon rift yeah yes yeah. that'll, that'll wipe <laughs> that? army off the table dark fire demon rift from slaves of darkness when you get it when so, you get it positioned right and get it buffed well yeah, I mean, there's a scenario where that thing will do a ton of damage, but, um, you know, and I tried it out. I did play with that one a few times, and um, I kept seeing scenarios where I was going to end up lighting up my own units just as bad if, as I would hurt theirs, uh, because it doesn't, I believe that spell does not distinguish between friend and foe. It's just it any unit. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah. I was blowing up my own guys, and I was like, okay, nope. <laughs> it, it's uh, it's kind of restrictive. In my opinion, uh, it's a little bit, it's a little bit hard to use, and um, you know, in the scrum of a of a battle, it, it, you know, there's going to be some times when it's just, you know, you're going to end up killing yourself trying to use it. But um, you know, I mean, that's Zinch just... also, I think, has a lot of potency with it because they can use uh, the keeper, not keeper secrets, uh, Lord of Change, Lord of Change, to eat it back up after they cast it, which helps a lot. Um, Talking about the movement impairing thing, one of the things we were talking about pre-show, uh, Joe was talking about a combo with the Prismatic Palisades and the Beast of Chaos uh, Horn Endless Spell, whose name escapes me right now. Dirge Horn. Dirge Horn, that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, I'll let Doom Joe, Blast Dirge Horn, yep. There we go. I'll let Joe dive into that one and talk about it, because I think that's some pretty cool tech and kind of illustrates the point of how board control and the spells work together. Yeah, so similar to similar to your your debuff spell uh, option was um, especially running with Beast of Chaos mainly. Um, the Doom Blast Doom Horn affects everyone in a three inch aura, which increases by every turn it's on the table by another three inches, um, get, making everything that it touches minus one to hit unless you are a Beast of Chaos. Uh, the Prismatic Palisades also emanates a six inch aura, six I believe, uh, aura of a four plus or five plus something like that. I'll have to double check. Um, I think it's uh, five, five plus. plus. Yep. To subtract another one from yours to hit, and you cannot see over it. The dirge horn, however, though, if you if it does get dispelled, you and it gets recast, it doesn't start where it was before. It restarts again at the three inches. 
So to keep it alive for longer, um, it would, I would place it on the table, I'd cast on the table, and then you would cast Prismatic Palisades in front of it in between your opponent and the horn. So the aura from the horn is able to emanate the three, six, and nine while being guarded from enemy wizards by the Palisades. So if they did want to drop the horn to leave the Palisades, they couldn't unless they moved first, which is by then it's too late. Or they have to give up two of their casts in order to get rid of both the Palisades and the horn if they actually dispelled the Palisades first, and then you also have to roll to get rid of that one. So you're able to kind of double up on both A, debuffs on your opponent, and B, if they wanted to get rid of it, they lose casting. Right. Yeah, I thought that was a, a pretty cool and impactful setup as far as the way you can use endless spells in support of even other endless spells. Um, one that I think is really cool, we talked about on the, we talked about a little bit on the Nurgle podcast, or on the Nurgle cast, but in general, the interaction between line spells and umbral spell portals. Uh, so the FAQ states that if you cast a line spell from the spell portal and then say draw the line back to the caster, what you do is you start your line out of the second spell portal, draw it to the point, and then when you draw the line back, you actually draw it all the way back to your caster. So you can take a line that may have been, I don't know, between eight, six and 18 inches and instead turn it into possibly a 36-inch line, depending on how you position it. And with the new techless... playing in the Realm of Shadow, you're going to draw it across oh, the entire table. Yeah, then you're just, then you're, <laughs> you know, laser beaming a whole table. Uh, techless <laughs> has a really cool laser beam spell, or maybe not techless, but uh, Lumineth in general have one. Nurgle has a, a great beam spell, but if you have a spell that draws a, a straight line, and does mortal wounds underneath it or does debuffs or something like that underneath it, you can get really interesting mileage out of pairing that with the spell portals. Yeah, one of the... Uh, that, that's, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Especially when <laughs> a lot of that time you're doing like D3 and D6 mortal wounds. with most Yeah, Plaguewind, I think if you if you get buffed Plaguewind, you're at 3D3 <clears throat> mortals. Yep, you're at 3D3 mortals. So if you can get that line straight across, it's, oh, it's a nasty set of mortal wounds that goes across a lot of models. Uh, my flesh eater quartz. I will never leave an army without the chalice. That chalice is so dumb. It's so good. <laughs> and it's something that, in at least my game experience, like people just tend to ignore it. Yeah. Like they don't factor it into the chaos that's happening. Oh no, bro! You you fucked if you do that. Yeah. It's what it has is you place it. It um, you summon it up. And any models that are slain within 12 inches of it, you just keep track of how many models are slain. And at the end of that uh, turn, uh, yeah, at the end of that player's turn, you roll a dice for each counter on the chalice. And for a four plus, you get to bring back, uh, heal one wound or bring back one wound models. So in Flesh Eater Courts, it's just a massive summoning healing. And if you got Terrorgeists, they start pumping things back up. So yeah, the Terrorgeist, either the Terrorgeist number die, or you kill the 40 pack of ghouls, and then the 40 pack of ghouls just come back, and you're like, oh, well, that was yeah. a waste of time. <laughs> or spread it around, right? If you got a bunch of multi wound models like Flares or Horrors engaging, and you're trying to whittle them down, it just, yeah, he brings them back. It's a great spell. I, yeah, I have so much fun with that chalice. I don't see too many flesh eater courts without that chalice. To yeah, be honest. It's, it's very good. The uh, related to board control too. The corpse mare stampede is on a huge base. 
The yeah. base is enormous. It takes up a considerable amount of room. Yeah, I don't. I don't bring the. Um, I don't bring that one in, but I bring the horror guest. Just From to play off powers. the players. Yeah, minus two to bravery or minus one to bravery. For little Nagash ghost face. Yeah, for the endless spells that were meant for. What? Dead. What death uh, ones? A, it's a really no. weird set of endless <laughs> spells because it clearly looks like they're all supposed to be death endless spells, but they are universal. They're the realm of death endless spells. Yeah. Yeah. Shaish. Yeah. 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 I'm learning. <laughs> learning has occurred uh shout out to thompson for spending uh an extra like 10 points on a bound uh corpse tide or whatever the hell the thing is called from maline sorceries the weird uh, grave tide grave tide yeah shout out to thompson and his uh, enjoyment of his bound grave tide i think it's the worst <laughs> possible investment that you can make but you know can we talk about the uh the oldest endless spell the balewind vortex yeah buddy yeah that yeah. was pretty you uh, can bind it now too you can for yeah. no reason there's no bonus for it being a bound endless spell whatsoever <laughs> other than costing more points. it does absolutely nothing additional nor can your opponent interact with it if you choose not to bind it so yeah but I guess if you have and, and you also cannot I don't think you can cast if I remember correctly you also cannot cast the bound Bailwind and the regular Bailwind, you can't cast both of them at the same time either because they count as the same spell. Right. If I remember correctly. I believe that that is correct. Otherwise, it might be a goofy fun reason to do it, but I think that that's the, the case. Um, uh, for those that don't know, the Bailwind Vortex gives you an additional cast on your wizard. Plus one armor. Plus, plus one, one armor, armor and an additional six inches to their spells. Yep, six inch range. Uh, and generally speaking, we'll teleport with you if you teleport or any variety of things like that. It kind of yeah. also vastly you. increases the radius of your base. That Depending on who you are, yeah. For the most part, yeah, yeah, I mean, like just about any model. Well, I think any model you're legally allowed to place on it yeah. will greatly benefit from its radial increase. Yep, that's yeah. fair, yeah. Because it has you, just about damn near a six inch radius by itself. Yeah, it's five inches. Jeff, yeah, why are you yelling in your car? Biggest. Why am I yelling? I always yell. He's practicing to be a homeless guy. That's the way man. I talk. <laughs> Haven't you seen my movies? This is the, how I talk. Deep blue sea. I got eaten by a shark. A fucking shark ate me. <laughs> uh, something else to talk about as we discuss endless spells and not the Chappelle show are army endless spells. We kind of mentioned it at the start of the, the section. We talked about different armies of different endless spells. We mentioned a few of them. But there's probably some standouts. Uh, Sonesh has very good endless spells as a general rule. They have uh, the Wheels of Excruciation, the Mesmerizing Mirror, and, and Mouth Tongue Whips, whose name I forget. Uh, excruciating Visage, <laughs> That's maybe? about all there. That, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, the only name it needs, to be fair. Right. <laughs> if I say it and you look at it, you'll know what I mean. Uh, the Dreadful the, Visage. There we go. There we go. The, those are two very, very good endless. Two of those three are, are really fantastic. Um, mesmerizing mirror if you move away from it if you end your move further away from it uh, you can take mortal wounds additionally what happens is every hero that's within is it six inches joe that it targets uh, i'm gonna pull it up uh the radius what you do is you roll six dice and for every six you roll it's a multiplicative set of mortal wounds so if you yahtzee your opponent one day it's 36 mortal wounds on a hero which is 
pretty awesome. But even not, if you're like three mortal wounds, it's or three sixes, you're talking about nine mortal wounds. It's every hero within six inches. Yeah. After it moves. Uh, so it's, that one's great. Wheels of Excruciation, for everything that it moves over, you roll six dice. And for every dice roll that is their save or, or sorry, under their save, they take a mortal wound, which is great for eating support characters. Um, really good for just chucking across the top of necromancers or... Good thing to think about for that one that was that Ozark wizards start at a five up right. for the most part, even if they're... Um, Petrofex, so Petrofex give you plus one to your armor save roll, not yeah. to your armor save. So right. you are still going to cut, you're still going to be cutting those down on the four, four down. Yeah, which is, uh, for a lot of armies, if you can get rid of support characters, you are in a very good position. Support characters drive a lot of Age of Sigmar's functionality. Um, yeah, don't give them other? too many hits, because I'm running Daughters of Cain, right? So let's not <laughs> uh, you're, you're running an army that's been endlessly discussed as far as how to take that apart, because it was a boogeyman <laughs> for quite some time. I think it's still one of the highest win percentages. It's still such a good saw army. The... Uh, I think Slemish still had it. Yeah. Um, what else are some cool ones? We were talking about Darkfire Demon Rift. That one may be a bit controversial, depending on your opinion on it, but its output capacity is outstanding when you position I think it the correctly. minimal damage I think the, the least amount of damage I've dealt with it um, in the list that I have it in is around 50 mortal wounds spread out between multiple units oh, and by multiple I mean in like between five to seven I think the highest I've hit is 75 mortal wounds wow uh, shout out to uh, having that list what up how many casters do you have in that list uh, there were, I think there were five casters, five to six, no, there's like seven casters and more endless spells. Yeah. The endless spells help, but, uh, uh, shout out to Alexander Gonzalez. He was talking about it or Alex Gonzalez, really talking about the impact of that spell on Lumineth Realm Lords coming out because every unit in their army is a wizard. Is a wizard. So yep. lots and lots yeah, of which, which is an interesting part because one of the, because uh, the other, um, I know we were talking about the Sigil of Zinch. Um, the other Zinch faction-specific spell that is uh, definitely need to shout out is the Tome of Eyes. Is my favorite one from that. And it's actually probably along my top five best spells around the spells in the game, um, just for its its utilization. But it, that army also actually increases the effectiveness of the Simulcrum. The Zinch is like the twin-headed... Um, yeah. spell. and uh, just because it affects wizards more and if their whole army is going to be wizards you can just throw out four to five mortal wounds per unit that it hits on a Which pretty consistent a model basis count as that is definitely definitely when you're when you're talking about a fairly low model count to begin with so yeah i can't believe we haven't talked about the uh warp lightning vortex yet I was waiting for us to get there. It's okay. Yeah, the, the boogeyman of endless spells. We've been bouncing around, man. This is uh this is endless spell <laughs> uh round table talk. Uh, I'm sorry, let's talk about the warp lightning vortex. I heard that's good. <laughs> uh it was used to be the best spell in the game. It is now currently the best spell in the game, maybe the second best spell in the game. Yeah, it's uh, I know I know um my uh Good mate Daniel Bradshaw from the UK. Uh, we we bicker about that one, uh, like good Skaven rats that we are, about whether or not it's better, like good still or not. 
because it lost its half of its range, kept its points, kept all of its rules, but its range got cut in half um, for where you place it. And yet it's still one of the best things that you can have in your in your arsenal when looking at endless spells. Yeah, it shuts down movement. It shuts down flying, and it yeah, does so flying. Moves. Yeah, yeah, anything. So when it places, uh, how the spell works, you put the uh, you get three models. Unlike the Gemini, you where you get two, and most of the other ones you get one to two spells. This one you get three. The first model gets placed wholly within thirteen of your Skaven hero, um, of your of your Skaven wizard. Uh, the other two models can be placed in anywhere within uh, seven inches, or exactly at seven inches from the first one and then the third one gets placed exactly at seven inches from the other two so you make the scaven triangle which is their symbol and then once it's placed you measure from six inches from every single piece on the spell every enemy within six inches can no longer any model that's within six inches can no longer run and also it can no longer fly uh Right when it's placed, it also taps, you roll the dice, and on the four up, you take D3 mortal wounds. On a six, you take D6 mortal wounds. And that four plus can actually increase by one for every six inches you are within of the other three, the other two pieces. So yeah. if you're within range of two, if you're stuck in the middle, you get hit on a two plus for D3 mortal wounds or a six up for D6. If you're stuck within only two of them. Uh, you get uh, three up to take people mortal wounds around six up. One thing six. to note too is the the movement restrictions from flying are only in the movement phase, so you can still charge and fly over them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that came up in a game. <laughs> and this is still not a bad setup. It's not as good as it used to be. But talking about it, they used to, it, there's a setup used to be called the rat trap, where effectively what you would do is you would put the soul snare shackles out and the vortex out around the same thing if you wanted to and just create a a prison for the rest of eternity for a unit until those spells got dispelled so and the vortex is cast on an eight so getting rid of it you need a nine or above right and skaven will get an innate plus one to cast because they're going to be sitting next to their warp hole or null hole yep and the gray seer can cast on three dice yep picking the two highest or a 13 auto casts so it usually goes off pretty well. I know yep. one of my tricks, speaking of uh, Slanesh Beastman, um, when it first dropped, uh, and some some uh, competitive friends that I have were definitely uh, grossed out uh, by this, was um, I ran Slanesh with uh, the Godseeker host. At the time, it was the best, because we didn't have the Twins one yet. Um, and you would... I, Slanesh was one of the only armies that could ally with Nurgle, and the, the only, and since no one can can ally with Skaven, you can ally with Nurgle. You're able to ally the Verminlord Corruptor, which is a Nurgle Skaven model. So you can ally that into your Slanesh army, and then take the Warp Lightning Vortex, because again, it's not an ally, in your Slanesh list with the Verminlord Corruptor, and then you're able to. So the, the Vermilor then casts the Warp Lightning Vortex. You have heroes in Slanesh that ignore mortal wounds on the two up. So you can just place that wherever you need to, whether offensively or defensively, and then just sit those heroes that ignore mortal wounds in the middle of them. So if you if your opponent wants to come get that the hero auto, like off the objective or uh, from that like side of the board, they have to fight through these heroes that also make them strike last while they're taking boatloads of mortal wounds. Your hero just sits there 
and bathe in the lightning. Like it's a nice little hot spring for the most part. And then if they do die, it's Slanesh so you can resummon the hero back. Yep. I, uh, having talked to Joe at ATC last year, played a couple of games with that setup and found it was fantastic for protecting uh, summoning the hero as well. Just like making sure that I have a hero left to summon when I need to. It's really difficult to dig that guy out of that pit, which is pretty gross yeah. for Slabash. All right. Well, now I need to barf over oh, listening <laughs> to that. So let's listen to one of our sponsors. Hey, all you cool Captain Kittens. This is Carol Baskins. Thanks for listening to Party at the All Points. And if you're feeling like you want to support some animals out there like you know we do at the Big Cat Rescue, head on over to Hammerhead Games at www.hammerheadgames.net. It's honestly probably just like fermented maple syrup. <laughs> just just drink it straight maple syrup. <laughs> just straight down the hatch. That's how you get to be a Canadian. Yeah. That's, your, yeah. that's, your, that's your citizenship exam. Yeah, you have to do that in order to get a driver's license up here. <laughs> and welcome back to the party at the whole points. That was not a sponsor. I don't know why I keep saying sponsors. No one's paying us to do any of this stuff. <laughs> like, God. I'm pretty sure we'll get paid to shut up here at some point. <laughs> but uh yeah going back into endless spells Your cease and desist letter it won't be from yeah. your mom though joe i'll tell you that <laughs> all right jeff <laughs> if you want man <laughs> uh all right well you've heard from everyone kind of pitching in on endless spells and what uh their opinions are on some of the favorites but uh let's get a little bit of a summary going on here uh Jeff, Jeff, we don't get to hear much from you on this one. But, uh, <laughs> where do you feel our endless spells are with you? Uh, maybe some like the top three that you like to use and how other people should go into looking on it. Well, all right. I think, you know, the, uh, one thing that is clear is these guys have pointed out and highlighted their incredible potency and their ability to do some pretty massive uh game-changing results. Um, I think it's just important to be able to build your list to complement their use rather than rely on their use. That would be my advice. Now, I mean, obviously, I'm sure Joe is like, no, this guy's an idiot, but, you know. Um, Everyone's got their... <laughs> yeah, that was before and those spells were talked about. Yeah, I was going to say, he probably thinks that, but for a variety of other reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're all entitled to our wrong opinions. So, um, I, in my opinion, endless spells should complement a potent list rather than be dictated by them. Um, I mean, I, they've made some compelling arguments, and I'll have to revisit some myself. But, uh, you know, I mean, I'm pretty satisfied with the composition of my current list, so it'd be interesting to see what I would rationalize changing in order to make room for them. Um, you know, it's one thing, like, they're, they're, they're an exotic element in an already fairly exotic playing game. Um, so, you know, they definitely bear some looking at. Um, like I said in, earlier, my favorite use for Endless Spells is more of a support capacity rather than damage dealing. But um, these are, you know, it's a whole new world. You know, these are all new to tabletop gaming for us this is something that we've you know i mean obviously endless spells have been out ever since the general's handbook for the most part but uh malign sorcery i think was the first batch but 
um, you know, they're they're unique and new to this game. So I think still a lot of people are really learning the place for these things and getting more comfortable with your widespread use. And uh, uh, it's kind of a very much a risk-reward system. Like you, There are a lot of ways to stop them. There are a lot of ways to stop them from happening. There are also a lot of ways to take advantage of their strengths. Um, and I tend to be a little more conservative when I do my designs. So um, I don't like relying on highly randomized elements because it never seems to work out for me. Um, but then again, I mean, you know, you can't hit a home run if you don't take the swing. So, um, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah. Thanks, Wayne I mean, Gretzky. so, Wayne Canadian legend. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't think that anyone listening to our podcast, the like 12 of them that do, didn't know Wayne Gretzky was a Canadian. They, I served him wine. There you go. I did his wine tasting. That was his bartender. Weird. <laughs> He's okay. a shriveled old man. And look where you are now. I know. I'm sitting <laughs> in a basement talking to a bunch of really cool guys. <laughs> oh, man. Know. Listen to that complete lying clatter. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I love you guys. What are you talking about? Uh, all right. Well, so much. Um, you know, I, like I said, I like support style ones. Uh, I really need to revisit that Tome of Eyes. Uh, because, I mean, obviously, well, me, I may not share his entire ethos. I have to at least acknowledge uh, his expertise on some of this a little bit and uh, see how that, reread it and see how it really impacts the way my list is currently running and see if it augments it a little bit. Um, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen with the uh, propagation of the Hilds and the Seraphon and their ability to control your output. You know, because what's the point of an endless spell if you can't cast a damn thing? Um, yep. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, to go off on that, because I am probably the second least knowledgeable in all this. Maybe first. But, uh, yeah, Seraphon have a lot of elements that they can mess around with endless spells. They have a spell that allows them to just dissipate all endless spells that aren't their own. And they can also take one of your endless spells and bind it. So well, I mean, they theirs. can just stack up so many, so many unbind buffs that, you know, you they can just say, no, you're not going to cast that. Boom. Yeah, there's that as and well. That, that, that's more of the Lumineth. The yeah. Lumineth can do, like Teclas can just, he gets the ability to just shut down and end the spell. Yeah. Hero face. But we'll have lots I mean, of even Zinch can do that. Even Zinch can can automatically unbind. Uh, Oh, well, they can dispel. They can dispel one. Yeah, they're still eating one. Yeah, it's just the difference in when it happens. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, is a yeah. is a noteworthy difference there. But if you haven't played with endless spells before, I, you gotta bring them in. It's it's a, a unique element to Age of Sigmar that's not present in any other games. And it's they're they're crazy. Like you don't understand the impact of endless spells until you start bringing yeah. them on the board and messing with people. Because that decision, that decision alone for someone who wants to cast spells now has to make decisions on, well, do I sacrifice spells to get rid of things that are interfering with me? And honestly, like seven times out of 10, the people are going to choose to do what they want to do as opposed to messing with things that you're throwing at them because they want to stick to their game plan. And it tends to bite people for the most part. Uh, endless spells have a lot of impact into the game and you got to start playing with them. Uh, especially if you're Beast of Chaos because you don't have anything. 
but they're wildfire tourists. Except for two of the best endless spells yeah, in the game. But, but the wildfire yeah. tourists is so good. <laughs> but uh, basically, all it does is it makes you sh- whatever they go over. It's a massive model for one. And it does a bunch of mortal wounds, and then you strike mortal wounds, and then you strike. But yeah, it's definitely something to consider. Bring it in, get it involved. If you haven't been playing with them at all, just try them out. Uh, maybe not to the extent of Joe, because Joe takes it to crazy levels. He's. I may or may not have a problem. It's okay. Yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> you're, you're doing great, Joe. You're doing great in the meta. But yeah, that's my thoughts on this. And Price, what you got? Uh, yeah, so I'm going to talk about three things maybe that we didn't discuss that we're talking about really quickly. First, endless spells are great if you take allied spellcasters who don't get access to battle tome spells. It gives you a great opportunity to cast some additional spells, especially on a multicast caster. Uh, so a really cool place to use your endless spells there. When you summon uh, in the Lord of Change? Yeah, for example, Lord of Change who doesn't get access to uh, your tome spells gives them something to do. Uh, another one that I think is really uh, impactful for endless spells is putting yourself in a situation to mitigate some of the double turn. I know we talked about that a little bit, but depending on how many you have out and what they can do, it can really help uh, deal with priority roles. Uh, and then just to dive into my three favorites, uh, we've talked about a couple of them, but I'm going to land on Wheels of Excruciation just because it's been such a performer for me. Uh, the Balefire Taurus is fantastic. Uh, and then I'm going to go with the uh, Scrap Scuttle Cauldron um, Gloomspide Gits. Gives yeah. you access to a full range of Battle Tome spells, which is really cool. Uh, moves around. It does eat a goblin, or it, it does, it eats models every turn, but if you're smart, it's eating goblins, which is generally the best thing to do. And it's just a really cool model. Like it's a cauldron with, with crazy smoke coming out of the top of it, walking around on spider legs, which is a pretty dope model. Uh, so those would be my my three picks uh, that I like. Oh, one other thing that's really cool if you're a character on Overlords player and you're not aware, you can put an endless spell in a bottle. In, in, any endless spell in the game, doesn't matter what faction. Warfire. And once per game, you get to automatically cast it for free, which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that was the army I played against. He allied in a knight in Cantor, and he bottled Warp Lightning Vortex and then dropped a comet on me. It was yeah, that's disgusting. Fine. Could, could you could could you imagine if the uh, the warp lightning vortex was doubled in range, oh. like it originally was, with that combo? Even Changes happen for a reason, Joe. <laughs> and then, uh, so that's that's my end bit. Uh, and the last thing I'll add: endless spells are very much so. Uh, they do a variety of things. They do a lot of things differently for your army. So think about when you're when you're making your army right. They can fill a lot of roles. And just kind of play around with different ideas because I think that's how you get better at the game as a general rule is just trying out different things. And that way you can be like, okay, this works for me, this doesn't. So that's kind of my end note on endless spells. And then I will kick it over to uh, Joe, runs all the endless spells crier to finish it up. <laughs> it's a new title I've, I've acclaimed, but all right. Yeah, Joe, half my <laughs> age, crier. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think for for me, some of the, the the main things is that the for like whatever endless spells you pick, uh, they should complement how you play. Uh, so similar to uh, Jeff saying he takes only buff spells, um, it sounds like Dayton taking both buff and debuff spells, and then uh, Price taking a lot of damage spells. It really kind of depends on what you like, what you want the spell to do. It will determine how it's used. 
Um, I know some spells, other people, like very few people have used, like Ravenex Gnashing Jaws, but at Nova, uh, I used it too. Pretty great effect, as long with some other uh, Chainshouse players using its major movement um, before to help cut movement off the table. I was using it for leadership debuffs, along with uh, long-range damage. Um, there's a lot of ways that you can utilize multiple spells together, or the spells to even buff spells in ways that your opponent didn't expect. So back to like the, the Slanesh way, um, the, the Slanesh Nurgle combo, uh, the combo at the time was Warp Lightning Vortex and Mesmerizing Mirror and Soul Snare Shackles. So you cut your opponent's movement in half. If they want to leave the Bubble of Doom, they take damage from the Mirror. If they want to not take damage from that, they'll take damage from the Vortex. And the Shackles might even move it in. They're doing all this at half speed, no running, no flying. So there's ways to lock your opponent down that way. You can use them to reduce rolls to hit. Same with like the Dirge Horn in the, in the Prismatic Palisades. There's also, again, with like the Demon Fire Rift, ways to just increase damage exponentially. Cogs, again, allowing you to move faster um, across the table or just gain more, more spells. Um, so a lot of things to just to, um, keep in mind that it, they'll play how you want them to play. And someone might use that same spell completely different. Um, and so some of my top three favorites are going to be the, I guess, I guess throwing back to the Tome of Many Eyes, one of my all-time favorites, um, even though it doesn't seem like it does a lot for my practice. It's a pretty huge buff piece, along with its spell being pretty unique. Um, the Warp Lightning Vortex is and will always will be one of my top spells in the entire game. Um, and what is a good third one to end the day on? I think the Grave Tide. There's so many. <laughs> um, honestly, and then uh, I could call back to the uh, to the the original release. Would probably be a toss up between Pendulum and then the Slamesh Mesmerizing Mirror. Pendulum just being one of the original ways to clean up Marathi. Uh, before there were other ways to get rid of her, or just one of the most consistent ways to get rid of her. Where if she's in her big form or little form, and it's facing Marathi, it will you put it down on the table to bump into her, and, and then when it moves in between rounds, the in-between round doesn't count as a turn, so she can take as much damage as you allocate to her. So if she's mini Marathi, the pendulum can actually just outright kill her. If she's big Marathi, you can take wounds off before the turn starts. And then go back to injuring her during the rest of the, the rest of the following turn. Um, but yeah, I think those are three of some of my favorite ones. Obviously, a lot of them you just use in combination with each other. And uh, yeah, kind of like Joe. I'm not bringing Marathi in my army. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's fine. I think <laughs> the armies are better without her, so it's all right. She's a big commitment. She's awesome, she but she's a big commitment. Very much. All right, that uh, I think that's gonna round off episode eight. Uh, party at the all points. Uh, this is was your Age of Sigmar discussion on endless spells, and hopefully you get something out of this, other than the fact that uh, Joe knows the hell what he's talking about. But uh, if you see him on the table, go up, say hi. He does offer. Hey, Joe, what the hell is going on? What you got some stuff going on? Uh, yeah, I did um, start up just recently a Patreon for some AOS coaching. Uh, there's a few other co good coaches out there. Uh, I just know the U.S. based. I've done pretty all right in my Warhammer career, 
And uh, so my page that I started is uh, the Titan Wargaming, both on Patreon, Facebook. And I believe that's all for now. Where is where you can find the information. But Patreon is the um, is the place to take a look. And yeah, I can help you build lists. We can go more in depth on endless spell utilization and combos. We can um, deep dive books. And I think the the primary thing that I'm looking to give to people is a more personalized um, aspect on the game. If they want to try to get better, whether it's casually or competitively i mean if nick nadavati can show up to a major tournament get super drunk and quit after two turns and still offer advice to people I, joe you you're gonna you're gonna go places man <laughs> well i appreciate the compliment sir uh but yeah this is uh dayton Obery signing off the party at the all points with my hosts jeff it's jeff bodine and thanks breck for two great games you did well and uh, this is Price Vandenberg. Thanks for listening tonight, guys. Uh, have a good evening. Joe, to you. All right, man. And then this is Joe from Titan Wargaming. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah.